This is the end time. The season of the divine visitation of heaven. Let us pray for every member of this household. That the Holy Spirit will revive the souls of everyone, both young and old. That the Lord will take worldliness out of the heart of the church. It will bring church to a penitent repentance. That the, the house of God shall focus on the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tell the Lord. Revive my soul, O God. Revive my soul, O God. Tell the Lord, revive my soul, O God. We come against every form of apathy. Let the spirit of purity come over the church of God on earth. Revive our soul, Lord Jesus. Destroy every worldliness. Destroy the power of Satan. Put a base every ungodliness. Tell the Lord, fill our eyes with the visions of rapture. Deliver the church from the session of hell. Tell the Lord, deliver the church from the bondage of sin. From the deception that comes from the pits of hell. Let every heart of every saint of God link to heaven. Fill us with the visions of rapture. Tell the Lord, our time has come. Revive my soul, O God. Revive my soul, O God. <coughs> Tell God every word that I hear. Let it, minish, let it nourish my spirit. Wake Christians up from slumber. Amen. I know you have been praying and have been standing. I really want us to be seated at this hour so that we can go straight into our Bible study. Amen. How many people? Three. Yes, three. I round it up. Okay, my prophetess. Go. I thank God for all these young ones. Amen. The Bible said, out of the mouth of babes. Babes. Okay, yes. Praise God. Okay, yes. Okay, what, what you thought is um, last week regarding the book of Nahum. The meaning of um, Nehem or Nehem. Nehem. I said, but let me, I don't know. Because I'm not sure, so I call it Nehem. So if you say Nahum, I don't know. Nehem or Nahum or whatever. Because okay. Nahum is there. So let's be... Nahum, sorry, it's my accent. <laughs> okay. Because that's what you call Nehem now. But if, okay. I don't want to be confused. Okay, so the, the meaning of Nahum is the Lord Comfort. Okay. And um, he was a prophet of God that was sent to Nineveh mm -hmm. to confront the Syrians, the Assyrians that live there. Regarding, and you said chapter 1 is about the judgment, to judge Nineveh. Mm -hmm. 
is to give the prophecy because they were vile and wicked people and in the introduction you gave us some of the things why they were considered as being a wicked nation because you see that in this chapter 2 as we study chapter 2 because I didn't want to bring it out to you in the introduction when we get to the point area where they talked about their wickedness I'll be pointing it to you both in chapter 2 and chapter 3 when okay. we read it okay go on several, several um, wickedness that they, they, they done was they, when, whenever they capture a king they would cut the hands from the king and nail it into the wall soldiers would be thrown into the river so that the river could not run they would dog pits for human heads and their body will be given to animals their sons and daughters they will nail them on the on wall and, and so this was God sending his prophet to warn the people and you told us that Jonah was sent previously and they repented, but a hundred years after that, they went back to their sin. So even though God is a God of comfort, a God of mercy, he's also a God of wrath. So he was sending them that he is going to pronounce judgment to them. And great news for Judah. Deliverance will come to Judah, for these people has been oppressing Judah on every side. So as this, this mentioned to us that even though we are in this world and we have been oppressed from people from whatever side, maybe in our workplace, or maybe for those that in, in our family members, we can know that God has made his promise to us that he will come to us and he will re rescue us as we were praying tonight that trouble will not come our ways the second time. So this is what the Lord has declared for his righteous people. Amen. Amen. In Nahum chapter 1, it, took, it says that Nahum is a prophet of the Lord and he was the Elkushite. And uh, Nahum, um, God sent Nahum to comfort the people of Israel. And Nahum was sent to the city of Nineveh because of their wickedness. And God gave Nahum the boldness to prophesy. And in Nahum's time, they continued to do wickedness and they tormented the Israelites. So God sent him to prophesy against them. They were so wicked that it says that the ground was red like blood. And they scattered soldiers' bodies as rubbish. They, bur they burned enemies' sons and daughters. And Nineveh's army was so powerful that no one thought they could be defeated. And Nahum spoke the hearts of God to the people. And God is looking for the for the faithful so he can send them in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 7 it talks about saying the Lord said who shall we send who will go for us and Assyria was the most powerful country on earth at that time and Assyria trusted in its military and not the living God and Nahum prophesied that Nineveh will be completely destroyed and it happened 50 years after they, mur they murdered prophets who were sent to them and the anger of God was poured onto Nineveh because of their wickedness and the Lord punished those who hate him and those who clad themselves even though God is a forgiving God he's also a God of vengeance and those who continue to sin their sins will not go unpunished Nahum chapter 1 verse 4 talks about it and in Nahum chapter 6 Nahum chapter 1 verse 6 it talks about the flowers won't go when the anger of God is present and it says that the Lord is a consuming fire and, he's, and, he, and he is the whirlwind and later on in chapter 1 it talks about the God's goodness will be upon those who trust in Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 that he's a refuge to those who trust in him and uh, the terrorize of Judah will be destroyed when, and when God puts something to an end it won't come again and uh, God is going to be like a volcano and the wicked will be no more and when we love him he'll care for us and be a refuge to us and uh, in the end part of Nahum is the good news for 
God's people Judah and bad news for Nineveh and in Nahum chapter 1 to the end it talks about the Lord saying that they should celebrate because he's protected them the book of Nahum chapter 1 talks about prophet Nahum Nahum means the Lord's comfort Prophet Nahum was an Elkishite who led God's people. The Assyrians terrorized the city. They killed and burnt their enemies' children and their houses. Blood covered the street as they left dead bodies as rubbish and some other gruesome things. Nahum was sent by God to evangelize and preach to Nineveh about God's wrath and what God will do to the people who don't repent. Nineveh repented, then a hundred years later they went back to sin. Judah will, and it talks about when Judah will rise and celebrate. May we have the courage of Nahum to evangelize. God bless you for listening to my contribution. But I just give you this chance. Uh, amen. Amen. Um, my contribution in it to um, our present generation because this dispensation is the dispensation of Satan where he's indeed fulfilling his mandate to kill, steal, and destroy. We have seen in from chapter 1 up to the end of Nineveh, up to the end of the book, that his mandate is being fulfilled. And we have the grace as we've been praying that in chapter 1 verse 7 that the Lord is good and refuge in times of trouble so when we call upon the Lord in the times of trouble we are asking for his grace to empower us to go out and evangelize and win souls and bring souls to the kingdom of, um, to kingdom of God rather than Satan having dominion over us and killing and stealing those who should have been saved thank you Amen, let's put our hands together up with this with you the last time but I want you to write down, you know, because I said, uh, according to the last uh, contribution, because he actually referenced a day, uh, time, the, the period that we are in now, and the period of that time. And I actually said to you that we are also sent to this, our own Nineveh, the city of London, or wherever city you might find yourself. And I also prayed for us the other time that we must not let the attitude we must not be cladded with the attitudes of the Assyrians. Today, in our today's generation, you see many people that are cladded. When I say the word cladded, you know what I'm talking about. People that have now absorbed the lifestyle of Assyrians, like Sephaniah told us, they clad themselves, you know, with the attitude, worldliness, and all the rest of that, wickedness, which is one of the main themes in this scripture. Now let's quickly go to the book of Psalm 50 which I want to make reference to. Because how does it apply to us today? In that book of Psalm 50, from verse 16, he said, But to the wicked, wickedness have been seen in Assyrians. And anyone that allowed the Assyrians' lifestyle or Assyrians' attitude to clad them will be like this Psalm 50. He said, But to the wicked, who are the wicked? The Assyrians. The ones that are troubling God's people. I said there are a lot of Assyria, people that have been cladded with Assyrians' attitude that are in the church of God today. They've clad themselves with evil. They, they, don't, they, they don't need to cut, because I told you about uh, the, what the Assyrians did that made them to be wicked. They don't need to cut king's hands and nail it to the wall. They don't need to carry their heads and put them in the pit. But they do ter- terrible things. The attitude of the Assyrian wicked things they have been mentioned in this book of Psalm. He says, but to the wicked, God says, 
What right have you to recite my laws? Or take my covenant on your lips? The same lips with which you do evil. You are reciting the law of God with it. And nothing will happen. He said, you hate my instruction. If we have been teaching you about the Assyrians and you still continue to clad yourself with the attitude of Assyrians, then you hate my instruction. Because the, one of the instructions from the law of God that we must not kill. But many have killed in various ways. And we have hated God's ten commandments and the rest of that. And cast my words behind you. Attitude of the Assyrians. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. Attitude of Assyrians. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. These are the attitude of the Assyrians. You speak continually against your brother and slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you. God was silent during the time of the Assyrian. But Nahum now said to us in that chapter 1, that is a jealous God. is a, a, a God that dealt with sin of one generation to the other. He started speaking about it, about the judgment of God that is coming upon the people. So these are the attitude of the Assyrians that we can liken to that happen in our own day today. These things you have done and I kept silent. God keeps silent for a while. He talks about his anger in that chapter 1. He says here, let me quickly take you there. So that I can be able to know. Because he was talking to both the Assyrians and, and the people of Judah. He said the Lord is a jealous God and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemy. Nahum was pronouncing God's anger against the Assyrians. For their evil practices or for their wickedness. And that we can see here. You speak continually against your brother. And slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I kept silent. God keeps silent at every wickedness that we, we, we do. He said, you thought I was altogether like you. But I will rebuke you. May God not rebuke us. Because his rebuke is very terrible. He said, but I will rebuke you. And accost you to your face. Consider this. You who forget God. Or I will tear you to pieces. With none to rescue. That signified part of the anger of the Lord. For anyone that does evil. He will sacrifice thanksgiving. Honor, uh, he will sacrifice his thanksgiving. Honors me. And he prepares the way. So that I may show him the salvation of God. You can see this. Uh, when you read from that verse 12 to 15. It talks about sacrificing your thanksgiving before God. Amen. These are part of the things that I've been speaking about. Woman. Love the Lord. Anyone that loves the Lord will sacrifice everything to make sure that the anger of God doesn't come upon, upon such a person. And if you look at that psalm again, towards the end of chapter 1, verse 15, he said, look, from verse 14, he said something here. He said, the Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. Because of the evil ways, their wickedness, God has given a command. You will have no descendant to bear your name. It's happening today. There are a lot of you. I know someone that have duped somebody. Many people he duped. All the children that he has given back to, they died. May that not be a portion. Everybody say, ooh, he's a Christian. He's a lover of God. But when he was duping people and think he's getting it away, because these scriptures I'm using to talk to a lot of Christians. You will borrow money from your fellow Christian. You know you don't have the money. You borrow that money. And when you even see them, you glue at your face. You can't even say, I'm sorry, can I arrange to pay this money back? People that do that, the punishment of God is the attitude of Assyrians. Taking people for granted. So God was saying here, the Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh, anyone that is wicked that has the attitude of Assyrians. You will have no descendant to bear your name. May that not be a portion. I will destroy the carved images and cast idols. What are the carved images and cast idols that you have? Things that will debar you from not loving God, from not serving God. Some have been following God. Somebody just come into their life with a boyfriend. And my boyfriend will let me go to church. I'm into all these things. You understand what I'm saying? Today I can tell you. Hallelujah. My husband now, before they got married, they were coming to fellowship. And my husband doesn't like, we have to look after the children. These are certain gods. You know, it can destroy you. Amen. I will destroy the carved images and cast idols that are in the temple of your gods. 
I will prepare your grave for you, for you are vile. Look. There was good news before that time because I've taught it before, but I'm just trying to do a review for people that might not hear it. Amen. Good news for Judah. If you read that, that verse 12 and uh, verse 15 and destroy, destruction for the Assyrians. They will be cut off and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, O Judah, I will afflict you no more. Amen. It's only to the faithful, those that have decided to, 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 to love God. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. But he said, although they have, they, they have allies and numerous, they will be cut off and pass away. He's talking to the Assyrians here. And the other place is good news. Although I have afflicted you, O Judah, for all your wrongdoing, for the idols and everything, God has a good news for them as well there. And in that verse 15, he said, Look, they are on the mountains, the feet of one who bring good news. One that have not allowed the attitude of Assyrians to rob them. These are the ones that bring good news. The ones that have chosen to be the prophet of the time. To go and speak about the heart of God to the people. To go and speak about the future of, uh, future of, of, of people to them. Saying the truth, not lying that God said when God is saying nothing. These are the people that are made reference to in that verse 15. Good news, another good news. Look there on the mountains, the feet of one who bring good news. Who proclaim peace. Anyone that loves peace will not be wicked. Amen. Who proclaim peace. Want to be peaceful. With everyone around them. These are the people that God is talking about. He said, celebrate your festivals, O Judah. And this opportunity, I was able to tell them at the cathedral yesterday. You know, that there is a festival that is coming. So that I can use it to remind us again. This is the Women of Royal Destiny's what? Festival. It's an annual thing. But the Bible says we should celebrate our festival. First, second and third or in this church is a festival. That's the time that some people give excuses. There are some other festivals. Jesus' uh, seminar is a festival. We have it during the time of Pentecost. And divine intervention is a festival. We are supposed to have holidays and come and celebrate. Even when you read the book of Nehemiah, he said they celebrate after eight. He said they celebrate in booths. Amen. And when you look at the beginning from Genesis to Exodus, these are the command. You know, he talks in that Psalm 50 about people that does not take the command of God seriously. They are termed as wicked and what is going to happen to them. So celebrating your festival, Judah, and fulfill your vows. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we'll soon get there. So that you can remember this scripture, you can mark it and put Ecclesiastes there because we'll be making reference as we go along. There are lots of people that have vowed to God. Some have vowed last year for this conference that is coming. This is what I'm going to do. God is reminding you that you must fulfill your vow. We know that how do you celebrate the festivals as well? Every Sunday you must come to church. Some say, okay, we, we are now on the internet. I had late night yesterday and they'll be using internet. That is not your portion. You must fellowship. That is the command of the Lord. The Lord said we must follow his commandments. And that is the command of the Lord. So if you don't do it, what is he talking about? Is he pouring accusation or no? The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And I pray in Jesus' name that you be convicted in Jesus' name. When the Bible says we should celebrate this festival, it means we should celebrate. This Bible study is part of a festival. That we have to celebrate on a regular basis. Because the Bible says so, we must do them. When we don't do it, then that's Psalm 50. Is there to see us as disobedient. He said, no more will the wicked invade you. A good news. The only thing that can make weak, the wicked to invade us is when we are clouded with the attitudes of Assyrians. They will be completely, what? Destroyed. That is good news for those that their feet is always bringing good news. Their feet is always proclaiming peace. Isaiah 55. Those that celebrate festival, the festivals of the Lord, and those that fulfill their vow. The good news is that no more will the wicked invade you. When you don't celebrate the festival, the wicked can invade you in various ways. There are people in hospitals that want to come to church, but they cannot. Are you listening to me? But we have the opportunity, then you are using weather. You are using children. You are using your romance time. My husband, my this, my work, my that. May we not continue to complain, in the full of complaining in Jesus' name. I pray that as we read this book of Nahum, that there's going to be an understanding that comes to us when you revisit the book. In Jesus' name.
These are the judgments. Because God actually sent prophet Nehum to go and prophesy. And let's see the future, the, the prophecy about the future that he, he, he prophesied. In that chapter 2. Predicting events that will come to be. About what is going to happen to Judah. What is going to happen to, to the city of Nineveh. He was predicting it. This is a very great prophet. I pray in Jesus' name that God, at this time we are studying this book, God will open our eyes. God will open our minds. God will open every part of us so that the action of a prophet will come upon us. And then God himself will call us. Anything we say will be truth. I have been praying that in dreams, in everything, God should begin that prophetic back part of me. God should begin to let me manifest it. I don't know what you are praying at this hour, but you want to pray that I want to be a Nahum in my time. That we take the message of God to the people of the book of Nineveh. An attacker advances against you, Nineveh. An attacker is prophesying for the future. That this is going to be what is going to happen to Nineveh. Attackers because of their wickedness and their wicked ways. An attacker is going to advance against Nineveh. Say, guard the fortress. Watch the road. Brace yourself. Marshal all your strength. You can also refer this to us. If it's prophesied. He said in this world we, we will face many troubles. That is what the Bible says. We will have many troubles in this world. So what are the things that we ought to do? When attackers, when, when uh, uh, the enemy is going to attack us, we can also gain from this place. We need to guard the fortress. And you can do that by prayer. Amen. We need to watch the road. We can do that by intercession, which is prayer as well. We need to brace ourselves. That is encouraging yourself in the Lord. Amen. We need to marshal all with our strength. This is the way that we make attacker not to come upon us. But on Nineveh, God was actually using prophet Nahum to prophesy. And saying that this is what is going to happen to you. Either you like it or not. The attacker will also always advance against you because of your wickedness. God, there is no way. Even if you are guarding your fortress, it will still happen. But to the believers, it will not happen. Amen. Even if you are watching your road, it will still happen because the word of the mouth of the Lord has pronounced it. Even if you are brazing yourself, it will still happen because the mouth of God has pronounced it. Because he said, Nineveh is full. Mashal, all your strength, it will still happen because the word of God has spoken it. But to believers, if you have to put it on the other side, to us, is a warning. Amen? And we must do all these things. How do we guide ourselves? Prayer. How do we watch the road? Intercession. How do you break ourselves? By gaining strength from the word of God. How do you marshal? We marshal with our, with our strength. Amen. From what we have read, we want to extend it. And he said, the Lord will restore the splendor of Jacob. And this is talking to the children of Israel. Which is a great prophecy as well. Like the splendor of Israel. Though destroyers have laid them waste and have ruined their vines. The shield of his soldiers are red. What causes the shield of soldiers to be red? Because they have fought battle. You know, I told you, the streets are red. Because of the wickedness of the Assyrians. You know, I told you. All the, what, what, are, what are the things that make Assyrians to be cruel? Mention them. One of it is? Eh, city of Lord. Now he's telling you here again, the Lord will rest, restore the splendor of Jacob like the splendor of Israel. Those destroyers have laid them waste and have ruined their vines. His prophecy, that's the prophecy that they are going to attack uh, Nineveh. All these things will happen. But to the children of God that have not cladded themselves, the Lord himself will restore everything that Assyrians are stolen in the name of Jesus. Say, so though the, the destroyers have laid them waste and have ruined their vines, the shield of his army are red. The warriors are clad in scarlet. Scarlet is another form of red because of the fighting and all this, the, the things they destroy. He said the destroyers, the warriors, are clad, are clad in red. 
The metals on the chariots flashes. That is, war is really going on. Attackers are really doing it. Because when the metal on the chariots flashes, that means their sword. When the sword, crack, crack, crack. You, can, you understand what I'm saying? So this is he's talking about the attacker advancing on Nineveh. And on that day, they are made ready. The spears of pine are, 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 are brandished. The chariots storm through its districts, rushing down and forth through the squares. They look like flaming torches. They dart about like lightning. This is this verse 3 and 4. Shows, shows about the prophecy of Nehum. That the attacker will really do great exploits when they come. There's going to be blood. The chariots are going to be moving left and right. And the, and the, and the swords are going to be made ready to be fighting. On that day, they are made ready. They, you know, it's just like prophesying that uh, the Assyrians or the Syrians, the people from Syria, we, we, we see all these things. These things you have been reading is, is in war, is happening in war affected areas. Amen. He said he summons his picked troops, yet they stumble on their way. Because God's prophecy says this will definitely happen. Even they pick the best of their troops, it will definitely happen. They dash to the city wall, the protective shield is put in place, the river gates throw, thrown open, and the palaces collapses. That is, even their kings will be captured. Amen? When the, river, when, the, uh, when the river gates are thrown open, what happened? All the river gates are with tsunamis, another thing we can use to rep, uh, represent it. When the river gates are thrown open, guess what happened? And the palaces collapses because God himself is dealing with the people of Nineveh. He says, it is decreed that the city be exiled and carried away. You know the Babylonians, when you read about the story that we read in Daniel, when you read about the story that we are going to read shortly in Habakkuk, you'll be able to see the work of the Babylonian. When the floodgate, the river, is thrown open, palaces collapses. It is decreed that the city be exiled and carried away. It's, it's using fig figurative words. Amen. The king of the Assyrians will be captured. When the, when the floodgates is open, the palace collapse. Then something happened to the king. No, no king will be able to stay in the palace anymore because God's judgment is coming. This is the prophecy that Nahum was, was, was talking about. It is decreed that the city be exiled and carried away. When all these things begin to happen, people that are terrorists in the city will be captured. Its slave girls mourn like doves. And beat upon their breasts when the palace is taken over. What happened to the slave girls in the palace? What happened to the slave girls in the city? Everything is gone, so they go on exile. He said, Nineveh is like a pool, and its water is draining away. Oh, what a chorus. Stop, stop, they cry. Look at the cry of the people, because I can relate this to war. In war affected areas, let me not mention. When they get to the peak of the wall, what happens? They are praying that the wall should stop. But because of God's judgment, it's not going to stop until it manifests. So these are what happened to the wicked. You can continue to be wicked, tearing people down, doing a lot of things. But when the hand of God moves, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. That's why you hear, you hear here that you will have no descendant to bear your name in that chapter 1. May that not be our portion, because the floodgate is being opened, the city wall is dashed, their shield is put in place, they cannot fight anymore because they have been captured. The river gates are thrown open and the palaces collapse. It is decreed that the city be exiled and carried away. It is decreed. It is decreed. It is decreed. I want you to underline that word. When God decrees something, it will come to pass. Be exiled and carried away. That is part of the decree. Islam girls moan like doves and beat upon their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool and its water is draining away. Its glory is draining away. Everything about Nineveh is draining away because they will be captured. And they will go into slavery. Which actually came to pass. Stop. Stop. The exclamation mark. He said they cry. But no one turns back. 
Because God has already stretched forth his vengeance. You know, he said to them, and he's telling them, while Nineveh is going to fall, all these things will happen. Even when they are saying stop, he's not stopping because God has decreed it. Stop, stop the cry, but no one turns back. They only hear go. They are not hearing come. Until that word of God is manifested. He said this word that is sent, according to that Isaiah 55. He said he, he will, until he fulfills the purpose, the reign, until he fulfills the purpose for which it is sent, it will not go back. It will not be in form of vengeance to us. It manifests goodness to us. And if it's like a pool and his water is draining away, stop. Stop the cry. But no one turns back. Plunder the silver. Plunder the gold. The supply is endless. The wealth from all its treasures. He's talking about what is going to happen to Nineveh. The judgment. The silver, their silver will be taken. Their gold will be taken. To be plundered by the enemy. The supply is endless. The wealth from all his treasures. This is what is going to happen. Like the time of the children of Israel. When they have to leave. They, they, they took everything from the Egyptians. And this is what is going to happen to, to, to the Assyrians as well. When the punishment of God. Will come upon them. Look at those three words. She is pillaged. Plundered. And stripped. Hearts melt. Knees give way. Bodies tremble. Every face grow pale. May that not be a portion in the name of... This is what war can cause. You will be... You, 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 will, be, you will surrender. You will be plundered. And you will be stripped. May that not be a portion. But name was prophesying it. Hearts of people will melt. Knees will give way. Do you understand what I'm saying? And bodies tremble. Every face grow pale. We are now is the lion's den. Lion's den is referring to the rulers of Assyrian. We are now is the lion's den. The place we are, they fed their young. We are the lion and lioness went and the cops with nothing to fear. Even their people, because of the wickedness of their leaders, the cops to uh, enjoying in their own uh, position. Where is the lion and lioness went? That is, the king and the, their queens, because God himself is going to cause them to be taken by the Babylonians. The lion killed enough for his corpse and strangled the prey for his mate. And strangled uh, his mate. Filling his liars with a kill and his den with a prey. This is the people, the Assyrians that are subduing God's own people. This is what they're doing and it's represented here. But they are going to soon be captured. Amen. The lion, okay, yes, I've read that. I am against you, declared the Lord Almighty. May God not be against us. I will burn up your chariots in smoke. And the soul will devour your young lions. That is the major part of their wealth will be taken away. That's what you are saying. And the soul will devour your young lions. I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of the messengers will no longer be heard. May that not be a portion? In the name of Jesus. You must stand firm against every evil practice. Because it, it doesn't pay us at all. Look at that 2.13. God had given the people of Nineveh a chance to repent. Which they did after hearing Jonah. See the book of Jonah which we have referred to you. But they had returned to their sin. And its consequences were destroying them. This is a point for people, cities and nations. After which there is no turning back. Assyria had passed that point we must warn others to repent where when while there is still time i am against you they are supposed to have repented jonah through jonah they repented but they now went back at 100 years to their sin and that's why this judgment is coming against the assyrians 
I am against you. May God not be against us. Declare the Lord Almighty. I will burn up your chariots in smoke. And the sword will devour your young ones. All the prey that they have been gathering in their den, the sword will destroy them. I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard. What type of messenger will they have? They will also have messengers of evil. That is the type of messenger. As Christians, in order for this not to happen to us, because this is what is going to happen to the Assyrians that is being prophesied here, we must make sure that we take away or stand firm against the common deed or the common practice of Assyrians. If not, it will be those three things. We will be pillaged, we will be plundered, and we will be stripped. May that not be a portion. Now look at that three one so that you can be I can prepare your appetite for what continues to happen to Nineveh. Woe to the city of blood. I've told you one of the things that make Nineveh cruel is that they are what called what? The city of blood. Number two, they're full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims. That is the kill. This is where I got those seven points from. Amen. The crack of weaves and all the rest of that. But look at that verse 1. Go and read it again. You can see some of the attitudes of the Assyrians, of the city of Nineveh. And God said to them, Woe to you. May it be to us that we are not woed in Jesus' name. Woe to the city of Lord Assyria. They kill people. They are full of lies. Making reference to that Psalm 50 again. They're full of plunder. They plunder people. They steal from people. They take what does not belong to them. May this attitude not be attitude. Never without victim. Every time they have people they are abusing. They talk of this. They talk about that. They talk at people's back. These are attitudes of Assyria. Never without victims. May your victims be people that you are praying for. Not people that you are destroying. And because of all this attitude, woe is coming upon uh, Nineveh. The city of the Assyrians. I rest my case. Is there any question or there any addition? God is telling you, these are things that will happen to them. This was after their hundred years of repentance. And then going back to their sin, God is telling this is part of the things that happened to them 50 years after. Woes and all the rest of that. May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. So I rest my case for us to have, if you have any question, you can ask. The economy was plundered, taken from other nations. The Assyrians are taking the food of innocent people to maintain their luxurious stand of, uh, standard of living, depriving others so, uh, to supply their excesses, depriving innocent people to support the luxury of a few, uh, of a few, is in a scene that endangers, that angers God. Look at that verse 12 again. The lion killed enough for his cub, and strangled the prey for his mate, filling his liars with a kill, and his den with a spray. And that is how the Assyrians are taking the food of innocent people to maintain their luxurious standard of living. Are you such? Do you act that way? Steal from other people to be maintaining your lifestyle. Steal from God's people. You know this woman is a giver. This man is a giver. Then you are using, using Paul. Peter to rob Paul. Is that your attitude? May the Lord deliver us. If there are people that have their Assyrian uh, attitude. But... It's prophesying to them that you people that do all these things, this is what is going to happen to you. Mark that verse 12. is a very significant verse. And that chapter 3, verse 1. Very, very significant. Using other people's wealth to make life or to make living for yourself. It's attitude of Assyrians. And that is what has happened. The lion will kill enough for his cub and strangle the prey for his mate. That is his husband or something like that. Feeling... His liars with a kill and his den with a prey. I think it's a figurative statement that we need to know. People that rob Peter to pay Paul. That's wicked acts of the Assyrians. And it's been demonstrated here. We know the lion is always wanting to. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
so but will not be a lion but the lion of Judah in the name of Jesus but ordinary lion they don't care because they want to feed their cubs they can go any length to kill any animal is that us in the house let us be the lion of the tribe of Judah and do the right things in God and not let the attitude of the Assyrians clad us in Jesus name Amen. I rest my case. Now let us stand and pray. In that chapter 2, if I will summarize it, we see Nineveh's judgment. Nineveh have to fall. We want to pray for our lifestyle because we are looking at how can we relate this to our lifestyle. I've mentioned to us the attitude of Assyrians, the reason why the city of Nineveh have to fall is because of their wickedness. You know, if there is any wickedness in us, you want to pray tonight. You want to bring Christ's tabernacle on the table. If there is any wickedness in anyone in Christ's tabernacle, people that are so wicked that their lifestyle is like their Assyrians, people that destroy leadership, people that destroy fellowship, people that destroy sisters, brothers, people that will just come in and do wrong things in the church, we are praying, some people are sleeping around. We want to pray. The attitude of the Assyrians that are in us, in any one of us, that God should raise it in the name of Jesus. Everybody come to church for a purpose. Some people are building, some people are destroying. Some people are building, some people are destroying. It's all the attitude of Assyrians. And when God's judgment comes, it's not very easy. So we want to pray. If there's anyone that has cladded themselves, because one way or the other, People slipped into wrong hands and they plant, plant coups in the church. And we are coming to church, we pray, lifting only hands in the choir. I'm not saying that they are there, you know, playing a piano, doing everything. But they are still cladded with attitude of Assyrians. We want to pray for this church. All this church represented everywhere. Everyone that has the attitude of Assyrians. You know, I said to you, it's, a wicked, it's wickedness. We want to pray that God will destroy every wickedness in us. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, we pray thee tonight, O oh God, that you destroy every wickedness in us. Every wickedness, every wickedness, every wickedness. Lying is a form of wickedness. Eating people at the back, gossiping is a form of wickedness. Father, kill every Assyrian, O oh God, in our land. Kill every Assyrian in our church in the name of Jesus. Take away every attitude of Assyrians from our youth, from our young ones. Take away every attitude of Assyrians in the name of Jesus. From our older ones, from our older ones in the name of Jesus. We are supposed to show light. We are supposed to be children of light. We are supposed to be salt. We are supposed to be, to, to be, to, to have taste. When other people eat us or taste us, we are supposed to nourish lives. We want to pray. If there are attitude of Assyrians in our land, Father, take it away from us, oh God. Take it away because the Bible says judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And God, your books will be open. You want to pray that your name will be the book of life in the name of Jesus. He said everyone will be judged according to their deeds. According to that book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. He said we shall all be judged according to our deeds. You want to pray. Father, when books are open, the man of God said it was the other day. Everyone is going to come with their work in their hand. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, when we now come with our, with our work in our hands, he said they will be tested with fire. You want to pray, Lord Jesus, take away every attitude of Assyrians in my life, so that when my work is, te- is tested with fire, it will remain to be gold. It will be gold. It will be gold. He says, some will just be taken like that. Father, I pray that when my work is tested, when my work is tested, oh God, in the future, it will remain. In the name of Jesus. He talked about fire as well in the book of Sassaniah. He said, fire will consume. Fire will consume. In that Nahum chapter 1, he also talked about fire consuming, consuming in, in every way, not in the name of Jesus. When the fierce anger of God comes, He says He's going to destroy. He said, they will be entangled among tongues. 
and drawn from their wine. They will be consumed like dried fire. In the name of Jesus, you want to pray. When my work is tested, Lord Jesus, when my work is tested, oh God, lift up your voice and pray. Do not grow weary, do not grow tired. It's a serious prayer. When my work is tested, I don't want to end up in hell. Father, I don't want to end up in hell. Father, take away from me, O oh God, every attitude, every serious attitude, every serious attitude in my life, anything that I've used to cloud myself, Father, take it away from me. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want us to continue to pray about this attitude of assyrians. Attitude of assyrians is when the Bible says to us, celebrate your festival. In that chapter 1 verse 15. It says, celebrate your festivals, O Judah, and fulfill your vow. In the book of Zechariah chapter 8, he talks about when the man of God came and began to speak to the people of God. He said they all repented. And they started to do what was in the command of the Lord. You want to pray for yourself tonight. I don't want to come to this Bible school for granted. I don't want to come to Bible study for granted. I don't want to take it for granted. Everything that the Word of God says. Because as the Word of God was revealed to the people in Nehemiah chapter 8, I want you to go there. Because you did part of your exam and you must not forget it. When the Word of God was ministered to the people by Ezra, what happened to the people? Can tell me what happened to the people? They all did what? Put it on the, on the screen so that people can see that I'm not lying. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 8. Still put your hand on celebrating festival. Because in that Nehemiah chapter 8, they celebrated festival. The boots, festival of the boots. They've been doing it from the time of Exodus. And I, I, we did make reference to all those scriptures. Those of you that partake in the exam, you will not forget that's why I want you to be partaker of the exams. Amen. If you don't do your exams, you are, I'm still looking for papers from the book of Esther. I'm looking for papers from the uh, book of uh, Sephaniah. A lot of people submitted at the cathedral. I want you to be obedient as well. Submit. It's, it's just for you to know. You know my marking, nobody fails in my school. And that's the reason why I want to tell you. Say, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food. Go before this time. Because I'm talking about celebrating the festival. Go up, go up. Because I want people to know that when the book of the law was read, Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. The need for this. Everybody can see me and hear my voice. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Because that was a knowing. Ezra praised the Lord. The great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded. Amen. Amen. You know, we must not take it for granted. It's with exclamation mark. So your amen when we are praying, when there is an understanding, when there is a revelation revealed, your amen must be sound. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Act of worship. Because they have had the truth. The Levite, Jeshua, Bani, Sheribiah, Jamin, Akub, Shebatiah, Hodiah, uh, Marcia, Kelita, Azaria, Josabad, Hanan, and Pelia instructed the people in the Lord. These are the leaders. When leaders take the lead, volunteers follow. Amen. These leaders joined together, instructed the people in the law. When the people were standing there, what happened is they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Like you have understanding tonight. And the previous times that we have met together. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe. And the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all. This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Any day that we come to sacrifice and worship God is sacred before God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people have been weeping as they listen to the word of the, of the law. Because there, there, there is a revelation, there is a knowing. Without reading this book tonight... Or if you have not read it before, you cannot have understanding. When you begin to see the understanding about the careless life that we, we have lived, it will make you to weep. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy church food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is the sacred day of the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What happened next? The Levite calmed all the people saying, be still for this is the sacred day. Do not grieve. Maybe you have had the truth tonight and you are regretting your life. It's no, no. 
Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy. I'm talking about festival now. Because they now understood the word that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, like he's talking about the Williams family, mention your surname, along with the priest and the Levite, gathered around Ezra and described to give attention to the word of the law. When there is a knowing, people will, will follow. They found written in the law, which the, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, which is making me to remind you as well, when God grants us what this church wants, we will not be doing women's conference in this, uh, in this house or at the cathedral. Everybody, every family will come, like bazaars. Those of you that have gone through bazaars when you are a Methodist. Everybody come. They, you, you, you get a camp. Build, places would have been built for you. And they should proclaim, go, yes, they should proclaim that they, uh, and they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. The reason why you must go and invite as many people as possible. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olives and wild olive trees. You all know the meaning of this, which I've explained to you. And from maples, palms, and shade trees to make boots. You know, in those days, they get the trees and everything. To make every family will have their own boots. Every family will have their own boots. That is what is called convention. When everybody will now have to go to this big place. We are hotels are built because I'm prophesying Christ the tabernacle. We not become people we take holidays because the word of God has been called meaningful to you. All our retirees, like Mama uh, uh, Mama Rogu, they will leave the house. No more grandchildren. Everybody will face themselves. Grandchildren will come and meet you in your boots. You will make boots for your children, make boots for grandchildren. You say, I don't want to be left behind. Because the understanding of the word of God has been made. He said, Trees, you know, in those we don't know how to do. In this day, God has given more wisdom to people. We are not going to be building booths with a uh, farm and everything. Hotels will be built. Everybody will pay for their hotel. And we all come out and enjoy in our booths. It's the way it's going to be in heaven. When we get to heaven, everybody's going to have their house. And you're, <laughs> that's why you want to carry your family along with you. Because if you are serious with God, your family is not serious. The, the man of God has been telling us, even wife may not stay in the same house with the husband. Children may not stay with you. That's why you must carry them along so that if you want to stay in the same, in the, in the same area. Amen. So that some people will not be living in Bromley while some people are living in New Cross. Are you listening to me? It's, it's not even more in this other place. Some people will not be living in Kent. And some people are still living in Peckham. Although Peckham is innovated now. May the Lord help us. And shed trees to make boots as it is written. Now, let's look at what, when they read it, let's look at what has been written. 16. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves boots. And this, through our contribution, we'll be able to buy this great city, like we're building Jesus City. There's going to be a place for camping. People will come and camp. No cooking, nothing whatsoever. We have fire cooks that will be cooking for us. And build themselves boots on their own roofs. In their courtyards, in the courtyards of the house of God, and the square by the water gate. You know about the gates when you read that in Amar chapter 3. And the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built boots and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this. And their joy was very great. The way we have never celebrated before, that's the way we are going to celebrate. In every conference that you are doing after now that you have known and understood the word of God. Our conferences are going to be different. That's why I said we don't want people to cook. We don't want people to be coming to smell dodo. We don't want people to smell moi moi or beef or anything. You must dress well. You must be in your suit. You must be... This conference is going to be wonderful. Even if you come for a prayer meeting in the morning, don't come unshaved. Come clean and your hair. Not that, oh, I want to see the opportunity. No, 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 no. Prepare yourself a week now before that time. So that you can be partaker of the glorious thing that God is doing. The reason why I've gone back to this, you can write it again, celebrate your festivals, oh Judah. And God is talking to God's people. Each time that festival, uh, we, are, we are asked to come and celebrate. That's not the time for people to go on holidays. I know we have children holiday. You must have prepared a time to, in August to take your children on holiday. This is, a whole, this is God's own ordained holiday. Amen. In celebrating, you must bring them. So that prayer meeting, they must be praying with you. They must be walking up and down in the name of Jesus. Bring your grandchildren. 
Let them come and know how to pray. It happened during the time of Shiloh. And another Shiloh has come. May God give us. Let him who has ear hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Those who want to take leave, this is the time to take your leave. Those who want you understand, the Lord will grant you grace. In Jesus. We cannot study this and our eyes are not open. Now that you have heard about the attitude of Assyrians, we have heard about celebrating festivals, we have heard about how God's people are supposed to behave, how we are not to clad ourselves with the things of this world, how we are not supposed to clad ourselves with the attitude of Assyrians. Go back to the first step on introduction and hear about the attitude of Assyrians. And look at that Psalm 50 from verse 60 to the end. And it will be well with us. Yeah. Can go on and on. I believe you are, I'm clear with what I've been teaching. Let's go back to that book of Nehemiah. And Jesus is coming soon. That is one of the things that is talking to us. As many people that are clad with the attitude of Assyrians will not go with the Lord. They will not be found wanting. Amen. And hence the sweeping of Sephaniah. I will sweep. I don't want to. When I, I, I'm afraid myself. When I look at, the, at that sweeping, may we not be swept away. In Jesus' name. I rest my case tonight. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen.